0: Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Freestyle Way Podcast, where today I tell you about how I met Paris Hilton and I turned into the most awkward person on the planet. This is the Freestyle Way. Okay, my friends, this is episode 83 of the podcast, and you may have noticed that for a couple of weeks, I have not been uploading... And it's for various reasons. Uh, One, I didn't have enough guests lined up and I didn't feel like I had something of value to offer in terms of me doing a solo podcast. So uh, that was another reason. And then the other reason is because I've been traveling. Plus, I've been enjoying life with my family. So I thought I'd give you a little update on what's happening, and then get into a few topics that are alive in me today. And maybe this will become a shorter episode, but it will be kind of a follow-up on the transition episode that I alluded to a few weeks ago, and uh, it will segue into me having more guests on the podcast very soon. So, I've been taking a little break, as I said. And one of the reasons was because I was traveling and I specifically traveled to France. I went to Cannes, which is uh, on the southern coast of France. And I specifically went to a festival, an event called Cannes Lions. This is not the film festival, Cannes, but rather the advertising festival. And I went there with NBC Universal. And I was uh, accompanying Sunny Choi. And Sunny Choi is a dancer, breaker, break dancer, who is an Olympic hopeful, who I currently represent, slash, manage, slash, counsel. And I've been working with her for the last year, year and a half or so. And anyways... um, Sunny is doing really well, and she is currently... Let's see if I can get this right. She's currently the number one female breaker from the U.S. in the world. I think she's ranked on the international ranking 6th or 7th. The rankings change, but that's where she's at. And she is on the path to qualifying for the Olympics. And in being in the position that she's in, she has done a lot of press and media, and some of that has been done through NBC, of course. And NBC Universal specifically owns the broadcasting rights for the Olympics. And one of the things that NBC does every year is they send their team out to Cannes Lions, this festival, and there they uh, present and showcase what they're working on. And they meet with uh, their partners and future partners, and they bring talent in. Some of that talent being Sunny in this case, and they host these panels and brunches and dinners and parties, and so on. It's it's a complete spectacle. And I I had heard of Can Lions before. I've heard of this festival growing up, but I had never been. And it's insane what they do. They, they basically turn the whole city into uh, a conference hall. And they, uh, they build stages on the beach. And Spotify has a stage. Uh, Meta has a stage. Stagwell has a stage. All these big companies have stages. And they deck them out in a way where, for example, Stagwell was very uh, sports-oriented So they had a basketball court, they had a pickleball court, they had bleachers, they had a restaurant, bar, dance floor, this, uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it almost looked like a a merch room. They had a studio set up for interviews on the beach. It it was this amazing setup. And yeah, we we got to visit uh, that uh, I don't know what you would call it, but that venue. And it was pretty, pretty cool. And all these big companies do this. In addition to that, what they do is they rent out entire buildings in the city and they uh, deck these buildings out. So Netflix had a whole hotel, uh, Snap, Snapchat, that is, had another building that they had partnered with Disney on decking out and they had this amazing like display of different shows that they have. So for example, The Mandalorian uh, was featured in there and it's kind of like a cool walkthrough for people who are either tourists or visitors or people who are looking to partner with Snap just to be able to, Snap and Disney in this case, be able to see what they're working on and how they're putting it on display so very uh a very unique experience and NBC Universal had a whole building themselves at least they had uh the bottom floor and the two top floors and there they had this epic setup where on our first night of being in Cannes, we got to attend this dinner, and this dinner was for Current partners with NBC Universal and future ones, and anyways, the who's who of the network and advertisers were at this dinner, and there, there I am with Sonny <laughs> sitting at this uh, table, uh, talking to people who, yeah, are are way out of our league in terms of like business development and the impact of their work, at least at this stage in our our careers. But it was funny. And uh, it just happened to be that one of the special guests at this dinner was Paris Hilton. And I noticed that Paris Hilton was sitting right behind me. (laughs) And um, I mean, I used to uh, watch her reality TV show back in the day when I first moved to the U.S. because I was fascinated with the U.S. uh, culture and so I watched this, this show and it was just like a silly, I can't even remember what it was about, but I remember watching this and that's how I got to know about Paris Hilton. And then after that, I kind of you know, lost track, but I've always known of the name. And truth be told, I, I had this judgment of who Paris Hilton was that uh, definitely didn't match the person that I uh, was in the same room with in camp. And without like, going into too much detail, um, just by uh, hearing her speak to the people that she had next to her and in conversation, uh, this person is uh, way smarter than the media has portrayed in the past and has been extremely tactical and deliberate in the way that she's executed on developing her personal brand and her business and finding the success that she has uh, found within her career, whatever that uh, is. Uh, One of the things that she uh, does, of course, is uh, television, but uh, her personal brand also serves as a commercial asset, so she, of course, promotes anything that is under the Hilton brand, uh, being part of the Hilton family, uh, but she also has uh, a book and she has music. Uh, she sings and she DJs, which, fun fact, she DJed the after party for the SNL Saturday Night Live 50th anniversary that was also held at the NBC Universal uh, spot that we were at. Anyways, th- this is just to, to say that uh, whatever you think it is that you see from outside, it's not. And I was um, humbled and pleasantly surprised to kind of get to interact with uh, Paris Hilton in this way. I was just in the vicinity. Anyways, when she first walked in, this is something that caught my attention. When she first walked in, it was interesting because the tone and the environment uh, changed completely. Everybody kind of knew, oh, here's Paris Hilton. This, this person walks in that everybody knows who, who, who they are. And everybody kind of like gets still or looks or kind of pauses. And there's this change in the uh, energy in the room. So that was kind of just interesting to notice. And the second thing I noticed was that she was carrying a fan, like an electric fan that she was holding. And this electric fan was extremely bedazzled and, of course, on brand. Um, And at first I was like, God, that's silly. And then I was like, wait a second. It's hot as hell in here. And she knew this coming in. So, of course, she has a fan and the fan matches her outfit and it looks good. That's genius. And then I looked around the room and everybody's sweating and I look over at her and she looks uh, perfect. And I was like, well, that thing that I was judging was actually genius. We should all have a fan type thing. And then um, something that happens at these events, and I guess this is normal, is that nobody says anything to somebody like Paris Hilton or somebody that's a celebrity at first but it's after the dinner and I guess the drinks where everybody gets a little looser and then they start asking for pictures. And what I noticed was that Paris Hilton also carries um, like a flashlight type, uh, ring light type thing that allows uh, whoever's taking the picture to hold that and then make the picture look much better than it would if you didn't have the uh, proper lighting. And somebody who was assisting her in capturing all these pictures was her husband. And that's when I realized, okay, the relationship with her husband is not only an intimate uh, romantic relationship, but also a business partnership, which I think in her show, or she has a show uh, where he is involved, I, I, I don't know the details and um, I, I don't know. But anyways, I just found it interesting to see how effective and efficient they were in working together and capturing these pictures really quickly. Anyways, um I wasn't even gonna ask for a picture at first. I was like, "I'm too cool for that" type thing, and I was I was thanking um, somebody from the higher ups in uh, of, of NBC Universal for having us at the dinner, and uh, she happened to be talking to Paris Hilton at the time. And then this person uh, walked away, and then I was left alone with Paris Hilton, and uh, I was like, "Hi, I'm Carl." I kind of like introduced myself, and all of a sudden. I turn into the most awkward human being of all time. And I ask myself, like, what do I do? Do I, uh, do, I like, uh, do a little small talk here? Do I do I ask her how she's doing? Anyways, I can't really remember what I said. I just know that I was extremely awkward. And she was staring me straight in the eyes like she was fully present and paying attention to me. And I was like, oh, shit! Like, I couldn't even look at her. I had to look away. I was so, I don't know. I felt so I've never felt this way before. I was so awkward. I'm like, what is happening here? And then uh, when I was like, okay, I think I have to leave. I was just going to say goodbye. And I and I went to reach my hand out and she went to hug me. So there was this weird like moment where it was like, do I hug, uh, shake hands? And we did like a little handshake hug type of thing. It was the most awkward thing ever. So Paris Hilton, I'm sorry for being so awkward, um, and thank you for being so gracious. Anyways, I walked away. I went over to Sonny, and I was like, hey, Sonny, let's let's uh, go back. Let me, let me take you back to Paris. Let's take a picture. I think it would be uh, fun and something that um, I, I think will just be good for the the memories. So we went over, and now the next interaction with Paris uh, was way better uh, and I introduced her to Sunny. I told her about what Sunny is doing with him breaking and going to the Olympics. And then there was this really cool interaction. They were taking pictures together. Paris said, I want to take a picture uh, of Sunny. And I thought that was cool. And this was just like, this is a silly observation. But I noticed that her phone, like Paris Hilton's phone, was cracked. The screen was cracked. And immediately when I saw the, the, the screen cracked, I thought to myself, oh, you are more human than I thought. And I don't know, just seeing that cracked screen made me kind of relax a little bit more. And then it became fun. Fast forward, like 10 hours later, uh, Paris Hilton posts um, uh, this picture with Sunny on her stories or Instagram stories and tags Sunny and NBC Olympics. NBC reposts this and it's like this like cool moment for NBC and... Uh, what they orchestrated to get somebody like Sonny who is uh, up and coming within the sports arena and specifically representing breaking within the Olympics in 2024. And it just was one of those moments that although silly in some way uh, and maybe uh, superficial or uh, part of the vanity metrics just felt symbolic to Uh, the sense of belonging in the scene, which uh, the reason this is important is because sometimes when you're in the room with people that you think are better than you or have achieved more than you or you think are just smarter or have something that you don't have, you, you tend to feel like an outsider and like you have to prove yourself in some way. And it's such a silly social game that... Uh, we all either play externally or internally or we try to reject but in rejecting it we become a part of it and it just felt like okay this kind of broke the ice anyways that that was the first day of being in Cannes, and it was uh, a fun experience and very insightful and anyways i i, I got to interact with a lot of people and, and this is just now on a on a interesting note just on a Personal interesting note, especially from my career development perspective, is that uh, right now I manage slash represent as an agent slash coach and counsel a few athletes, specifically breakers that are on their path to qualifying for the Olympics. And, And being in a room full of executives and people who make shit happen, so to speak, when you say manager, they immediately dismiss you. This was just my, my first impression. So I said, okay, maybe manager is not the way to go. If you say agent, they're like, oh, here comes the salesperson that just wants uh, a piece of the pie or they just want to make sure that they get their 10, 20% cut. So that's not a, a way to go either. If I would say something like, I'm here with Sonny, now they would have to interpret and then they would ask the question, oh, what do you do with Sonny? And now I could uh, dive in a little deeper. And what I arrived at was that I do creative business development for the creative athlete. That's what I do. Creative business development for the creative athlete. And the thing that every executive that I talked to was interested in was cutting out the middleman and The reason was because they want agility. They want speed. And they want to do creative business and create partnerships that can grow. And this requires the athlete or the talent to become a business and this business to have an infrastructure that's good enough to be plug and played in uh, different contexts. And that's exactly what I am doing with somebody like Sonny, and I'm doing with the other athletes that I currently work with. So that was uh, very validating and exciting to see happen. Now, a pleasant surprise um, for my trip was that I got to see my parents. My parents came up from Spain, and they came to see me. And we got to enjoy a few uh, dinners and lunches and even a morning on the beach where I even got a massage on the beach, just looking out on the Mediterranean. And that was extremely uh, needed because I have been, I mean, grinding. 2023 has been a tough year in terms of work, but it's finally starting to open up. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Anyway, so that was a super intense um, week in France. And then I came back and we're in full summer here, of course, in the U.S. Everybody is on vacation. So uh, I have decided to lean into enjoying the weather and the time that I can have with my wife and grandson, who lives uh, with us or spends 50% of the time with us, uh, and really go out and enjoy our little adventures and time together and it's so fun right now because my grandson he's two and a half almost two and a half and he is starting to speak and he interacts in uh, funny ways he's he's a little jokester he's like this super athlete that loves anything that has to do with learning about his body he, he he's a little rascal and we're best buds. So it, it's it's really special. And I, I don't want to miss a minute. I don't want to miss a moment with this guy. He is, I mean, he is really the reason for doing everything that I do. It all comes back to what foundation can I lay out for this little guy who is here to become his own person, do his own thing, and venture out into the world? and what tools can I give him along the way? To support his endeavors, and um yeah, it's really special and i and i I just love that I get the opportunity to spend so much time with him and another thing that's beautiful about it is that it's it's connected us, meaning my wife and I, to our daughter, Tanai, who uh now has been in our family for ten years we we adopted her seven years ago, and she moved in with us 10 years ago. And um, yeah, that's pretty freaking cool to see that happening. So I'm enjoying that. And while I um, take it a little bit easy, and when I say easy, I mean, I'm not trying to run around chasing results right now. I am working on a lot of things, and some of the things that I'm working on is in continuing to give my private clients, my one-on-one clients, which is on top of uh, me managing and representing some of these athletes, is giving them more time and really diving into uh, meeting their needs in the most effective and efficient way that I can. And it's been amazing to do that. It's been something really rewarding, and it's uh, given me a chance to learn so much about what I have to offer and how I can do it better. And if you're wondering who these private clients are, well, they are um, solopreneurs, so a business of one. Sometimes they're artists, uh, writers, uh, creators of some sort, or uh, even coaches And then some of them uh, run a small to medium business and others are leaders within an organization and they are uh, moving up the corporate ladder, so to speak. And what they're trying to accomplish is becoming better leaders by leaning into becoming emotionally more resilient and communicating their vision and what they believe in in a way that allows for their team and the people that they work with to do the same and it's been extremely rewarding one of the um awesome comments i got the other day uh, was that somebody had signed up for this like one year business development course where they had paid a ton of money and for a fraction of the price um they could uh, get one-on-one coaching with me, which is not cheap. Uh, Getting coaching from me is not cheap. But sometimes these business courses or these business programs, they charge you an arm and a leg and they leave you completely broke and don't really give you um, an individualized prescription. And I think that's absolutely crazy and almost I mean, this is exaggerating, of course, but it's almost criminal. Like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? That's crazy. It, it just, it really activates me to to hear that uh, people do that. And I am so committed to trying to produce results that, uh, yeah, I'll basically do anything I can to make sure that you leave, if you're my client, If that you leave with uh, more than you expected uh, to get. And uh it's fun to be able to do that. And I don't have the answer to all the problems, but I know that I have some experience that gives me the insight needed and I use my knack for creativity to uh, come up with creative solutions. So that's been um, really cool to to work with. And then I have my Freestyle Insider Group. And this is more of my uh, group coaching uh, platform and program where every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I host a one-hour talk that usually goes over time uh, that I call Mentorship Monday. And it's part of an initiative uh, titled Thinking Clearly. And it's been great. We've done 62 sessions now. So that's 62 hours in the book of um, powerful conversations that are now it's starting to lead to these very interesting outcomes that I'm seeing online and how people who have uh, hated and refused to be a part of the social media platforms and seen to lean into it in a way that feels good to them and without being fully influenced by what those platforms want us to do and this is now Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, I mean, YouTube, uh, Spotify for podcasters, uh, and even now Threads, uh, which uh, you're probably familiar or you've probably seen that Instagram or Meta just launched Threads, which is um, the their version of Twitter. Uh, so completely unoriginal, but um, of course, uh, they'll do anything they can to, to claim uh, more attention, which... I don't blame them for and competition is, is, is in this nature. So, uh, yeah, uh, go for it. And, uh, oh yeah. And, and just like I was on threads, which is this new platform. Uh, I've been on it for 24 hours and I just posted something that, uh, I noticed over the last day or so being part of it, which is first and foremost, people love a new platform. And they especially love a new platform when it feels familiar and it's easy to navigate. It's basically like being on uh, Instagram, but uh, functioning as Twitter. So people who maybe don't use Twitter for whatever reasons, uh, the transition to threads has been kind of easy. So there's some like there's like a frenzy, basically. The other thing is that people love counterculture. A lot of people hate Twitter and they hate Twitter because they don't like Elon Musk At this moment, and this is like flipping Twitter the bird type thing. Um, I guess no pun intended there. (laughs) Uh, The other thing is that on threads right now, the reach is limitless. So whatever you post, everybody who follows you sees it. So it really depends on the quality of your post. And this is something that if you're in the social media space uh, on Instagram or uh, any other uh, platform, uh, your reach is probably limited. Like For example, for me on TikTok... Uh, I can't break through the 300 views unless I do the gimmicky thing that gets people to to watch the whole video. So it's it's just interesting to see that uh, this organic reach, this limitless reach is very appealing for people. And, and they're going to cap it uh, soon. Of course, it's a business and they have to make it viable and in order to do that. You have to pay to play and They'll get there. So right now there's a frenzy and that's interesting to see people just like, ah, hungry for attention, myself included. Uh the the other thing I, I noticed is that people want to reinvent themselves. And anytime you have a new platform, you you have a chance to reinvent your your style. This is something I did with TikTok. If you if you go to my TikTok and you just scroll down, you'll see that I transition from my old like movement type uh, tutorials that I used to do online to all of a sudden being a little bit more out there, so to speak, and maybe a little bit more uh, fluffy in the way that I, I spoke. And uh, yeah, that was just a chance for me to do that. Now I've kind of returned to a place that's more in the middle where I'm kind of on the practical, pragmatic side of things, but I'm also willing to explore the abstract and convoluted uh, world of uh, our inner workings and the emotional state. And then uh, the last thing I noticed uh, using threads is that we're all suckers. I mean, we're, we're all just like, yeah, whatever you say and whatever uh, you tell us to do, we'll do. Here we are, 30 million people, bam, overnight on this platform. We're, we're all crazy. We're all crazy, and we're so influenced by what other people are doing that we're not even aware of our actions. And it's just sometimes when you notice this, you just yeah, wonder, what, what are we even doing in this world. Anyways, and here I am uh, sharing a podcast with you. And what? why do I do this podcast? Well, I do this podcast because ultimately I like talking to you. I like sharing ideas. I like exploring ways of communicating. And as you realize today, uh, today was just me kind of babbling away on my experience in France, what's kind of happening on my end with the podcast. And I guess if I had um, a few words to wrap this up, it would be that I want to continue doing this podcast and I want to make sure that this podcast is interesting and valuable. In order for that to happen, I need to find my style and my voice. And I think it's a hybrid, as I've said before, between me speaking solo and me having a guest on And I want to make sure that the guest is somebody who can bring specific insight to navigating specific circumstances. And this can be from starting a business, to uh, managing your finances, to exploring the world of um, the digital developments or technological developments or uh, the crypto space, if, if that is a thing. Because... Uh, In one way or another, we're going to go digital with our currency, uh, whether it's centralized or decentralized. That's going to happen. So being aware of this is important. AI, I think, is something that is important. And I've had somebody on the podcast talking about AI. It wasn't a super popular podcast, but I think it's key. And I want to be a part of that. I also want to dive into um, yeah, navigating our physical selves like our bodies this is something that I haven't let go of and as somebody who I'm a very anxious person this is something that maybe you know because I've shared before but when you're anxious and you tend to worry about a lot of things uh, these emotions and this anxiety uh, can get trapped in your body and having ways of releasing that beyond uh, working out or Uh, heat or cold exposure or breath work is important. And there are many ways of doing that that um, I would like to address and talk to people who can give us some insight. And then I want to talk to athletes. Athletes are are so interesting to me because we see them as these entertainers that are kind of like a one-show pony type thing, if that's even a saying. Feels weird as I said it, but basically, just they just do this one thing. But in reality, every artist, uh, every artist, every athlete that I met has this amazing ability to create, and the the creativity of the athletic expression is something that I'm very interested in, and I would like to explore more. So I'm going to try to bring that to the forefront as we move on with this uh, podcast and we get a little bit more clear in what we're doing and the message that we're trying to deliver. And when I say we, it's kind of the royal we. It's kind of like the kingdom we. <laughs> it's, it's more like uh, myself and you. I, 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 I include you in this process. And how I do that is by listening to you. I, I, I receive your messages on Instagram or on Twitter, your DMs, your emails, uh, sometimes there are comments on the Spotify platform, uh, which is cool, and I and I like uh, listening to what you're interested in, because what you're interested in a lot of times is what I didn't know I should be interested in, and you are a great source of information for me and a positive influence. Sometimes there are trolls, of course, but uh, the majority of you are really intriguing to me and have great insight that I respect and appreciate greatly. So, yeah, that's that's uh, what I want to do. And um, as always, if any of what I'm sharing here is interesting or you want to see it grow or just go a little further or get a little bit more reach, it helps to leave a review on whatever platform you're listening and uh, to leave a little rating, and um, if you listen to an episode that really resonates with you, and you share it on social media, uh, that also helps extremely. And uh, yeah, tag me at Carl Powley or at uh, the Freestyle Pod on Instagram, and I'll I'll find you. Otherwise, it's just Carl Powley on on every platform out there. So with that being said, thank you for listening. Um, Next week, we will most likely not have an episode, but the following week we should have. And if I'm not mistaken, it will be Rodolfo Farfan, Rodolfo Farfan, uh, the founder and CEO of Lycan Fitness, a fitness equipment company that started in South America and now has made its way into the U.S. and I think is uh, bound to be in your awareness very soon so with that being said much love everybody and i'll talk to you soon bye this is the freestyle way